This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Mark Sanger on the board, Kyle Russo. And we have a special guest here tonight, the Nassau County Legislator, Josh Lafazan. Josh, pleasure to have you here. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, guys. This is a real pleasure. Now, Josh, before we dive into you here in the rest of our show, we'd like to remind you folks at home that you can tune into us tonight on WCWPSports.org. You can call in with your questions, thoughts, or comments starting from 530 onward at 516-299-2030. That is our call-in number. And we are podcasting our show. You can look us up on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Pinecast, all that fun stuff. And we are on Facebook Live or on my account tonight. No Tommy the Mac McNamara here. But we do have Josh. Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. So again, uh, you know, many people know my story started when I was 18 years old. I decided to seek a seat on the uh, Syosset School Board of Education. Was successfully elected and ran for re-election in 2015. And I decided to run for Nassau County Legislature, which is like the city council of Nassau. And I, uh, I'm elected in the 18th district, which is northeast Nassau County. So we're actually in my district as we speak. So it's a real treat to be here. And I serve about 75,000 residents. Uh, and and I, I love what I do. I love using my voice to represent the voices of others. And uh, it's a real privilege to be able to serve my neighbors. And uh, I actually gra- I graduated just a few months ago. I started my career at Nassau Community College. And I actually graduated from Cornell University afterwards with a bachelor's. And I just finished up with a master's at Harvard. So I like to tell my story of going from Nassau Community College to Harvard as a way to tell everyone that it's not where you start, but it's where you finish. So that's a pretty brief, uh, brief background of me. And uh, it did, leads me to here this evening. Wow. Very empowering words there, Josh. Um, As you got your master's at Harvard, correct? Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you were the youngest elected official ever in the state of New York. Yeah, well, you know, you know, it's funny. Tom DiNapoli is the state comptroller, and he's my longtime mentor. So Tom's not listening, so I can say this. He'll, he'll debate with you. But, uh, yes, I was elected at 18 in my, 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 my senior year. And um, additionally, I actually became uh, the youngest legislator in the history of Nassau County at age 23 this past November. So I'm no stranger uh, to take you – know, you know, I tell young people all the time, you know, if they're not going to give you a seat at the table, then just pull up a chair. And I'm no stranger to living by those words. And I think that young people, millennials, were the largest, most educated, and most diverse generation in the history of this nation. But we're the most underrepresented demographic in politics today. And I decided that that wasn't okay with me, so I decided to run. And the cool part is I have a staff who represents the diversity and, and, and the enthusiasm of young people today. I'm here with my director of uh, constituent services, Adam Hornbuckle, who's actually a senior here at LIU yeah. and is able to you know, use his talents both in, in the office and as a student in the classroom. And uh, you know, I, I, I think it's really special what we're doing is giving young people not just a voice, but a real way to make an impact. Adam and I actually have known each other for a year or two now. So thank you to Adam Hornbuckle for bringing you in today, Josh. Mm-hmm. Now, what brings you here to WCWP, learning more about LIU Post Sports or an urge to get on the air and talk about professional sports? No, you know what? To me, I, I made a promise, and back when I ran for school board, I made this promise that I would do everything in my power and everything I could to support organizations run by young people. 
I think it's important as at 24, uh, not only can I empathize with being young and trying to make it in an industry dominated by adults, but I thought it's important to me to give my time to empower other young people. So that's why I'm here. Additionally, LIU is in my district, right? So you have the Global Institute started by former Congressman Steve Israel, who's one of my longtime mentors, and I'm actually going to his book launch right after we get off the air. So he's gotten me more involved at LIU, and uh, I want to be as involved as I can because it's a really special place and things are happening here. We're happy to have you here. And um, Josh, now at Harvard, at mm-hmm. Cornell, now you're a big college basketball guy, I yes, hear. Yes, sir. And Rumor's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Went to a couple of Ivy League schools, that is, in Cornell for your undergrad Mm -hmm. and Harvard for your graduate studies. Now, I'm sure you've watched the NCAA tournament this year. And, you know, there's a big theme on the one and done for a lot of these schools. Mm -hmm. Um, Not not really popular in Ivy League schools that you attended, but, Mm -hmm. you know, schools like Duke. Like, what do you think of guys like Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter coming out? Sure. So, you know, it's incredibly difficult for me to tell, a, you know, a, a young person like Marvin Bagley with the, the, the once-in-a-generation talent that he has or a guy like DeAndre Ayton to, you know, to stay in school. Of course, it's difficult. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I speak to my father, who was a St. John's alum and who watched the Big East in its prime when you had, you know, guy, you know guys developing over a couple of years. And to me, I see a trend in the NBA where guys are coming in and they're not yet ready to play at that elite level. And, of course, you know, you, you know, what I like, and, and, and I think the compromise is what Steve Carr said a couple, of, uh, a couple of weeks ago. He said, if guys enter for the NBA draft and they're not drafted, why not let them return to, the, to college? Because, again, you know, you know, you know it's, 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 again, difficult for me to sit here and I'm not in the financial situation. I'm not in the personal situation of somebody who's applying to play professional basketball who's worked to the pinnacle of their entire life. But if they apply for the draft and aren't, and aren't drafted, why not let them mature for a couple more years? I think that's an interesting compromise that's not getting enough play in today's media. Now, um, I hear from Adam you played mm-hmm. high school basketball, like myself, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, watching that college level, a lot of those guys coming out early. Do you think there should be maybe a rule or something, uh, maybe at least two years or maybe even do all four? You know what's funny is is that so I uh, I I always say those who can't play ref so I'm I'm, I'm you know I ref to this day and uh, <laughs> you know I I referee junior varsity and varsity basketball and I love refing rec basketball um, and and I'll digress for a sec because what I see as a trend in rec basketball is really disturbing. Now, when Stephen Curry shoots a shot from half court, believe it or not, most likely it's going to go in, right? But you, I, you know, I, I ref kids, and and you know, the majority of shots that are, that I'm seeing are, are three pointers that are off balance or that are fadeaways. And getting back to the fundamentals of, you know, I played rec basketball. We weren't allowed to take a shot outside of the paint until we were 13, because yeah. that's the way you played basketball. You right. take high percentage shots, and I see that as, you know, look. You know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson changed the game, and they got two rings. So, you know, I, you know, they, you know, they, they, they can laugh at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to get back to teaching young people fundamentals. Back to your question about about young people, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what the answer is. Um, you, you know, there, there's a debate whether you know kids should be 21 to come out. Um, you know, we have, uh, we, uh, we have some people going to the, you know, the G League now, who are foregoing college. Um, I think. I, you know, you know. Of course, I'm a, pro- a proponent that you know, in 2018, you know, unless you're going into a trade school, I think a bachelor's degree is essential. So I'd love to see more of our collegiate athletes. You know, you see those commercials. You know, majority of us go pro in something other than sports. Of course, I'd love to see these professional athletes staying for four years. But you know, you know, I don't know what this what the solution is. But something has to happen because I think the quality of college basketball, you know, you know, is is, is such a treat. And to see these young guys. 
And, you know, you've often heard the guys in college play a lot harder defense than the NBA. Yeah, that's you know, right. <laughs> you see the guys in college who are playing for their school and, yeah, and, and they, sure they play with such tenacity <laughs> that it's, 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 you know, selfishly it's a real treat to watch. But to have these guys mature in college, it'll also make a better economic product for the NBA where owners won't have to pay money for guys to sit on the bench and develop. Right. Yeah. You talk about guys like Trey Burke who came up from the right. G League. You know, Johnny Manziel, actually, after he, you know, the NFL tryout failed, he went back to A&M, was enrolled in classes and stuff. Right. Now, you and I, we're only about a year or two apart in age, but mm-hmm. we've seen this develop. We've seen these storylines right. transpire where a lot of these kids come out. And speaking of kids, inspiring stories. Now, in terms of the Ivy League, you're used to, you know, I know I don't think you attended Harvard in 2015, but um, how Harvard won... In yes. the round the 64 game, they mm-hmm. made the round of 32 a couple of years in a row. Mm-hmm. Talk about Loyola Chicago a little bit. A yeah. small Jesuit school making the Final Four and their run well, this year. Let me tell you something. There, There's an incredible phenomenon, and it, it harkens back to the first person who broke the five-minute mile. Right, The five-minute mile was this feat that was impossible to break, and once it was broken, people started breaking it with ease. Right. Because there's a human phenomenon that when we see somebody do something, it gives us confidence. And the sports analogy I make was, of course, we saw the first, uh, you know, one of the first women in, in, in decades to win the uh, New York City Marathon. And, of course, we see, um, a, you know, a, a, a woman win the Boston Marathon just a couple of days ago. That's right. And and so what, what, we're, what we're seeing now is we're seeing you know, young people who... You know, like a Trey Burke, who are going to the G League, and the G League is not a a, a punishment or it's not a sentence to you know to, to obscurity. It's a, it's a it's a learning mechanism. Right. So you know, and and look at you know the Nets, and and I was I was you know frustrating, and I was I was I was venting before about how you know this is another year that the Nets don't have a pick, but look what they've been able to do without their picks because they've developed that form system. Right. You know, so I so I think that the more young players that come to the G League and develop and have the confidence to say this is not a demotion or this is not a demerit but this is actually an opportunity, I think we'll start to see more guys come up and they'll be hungrier and they'll be readier for it. Now, Kyle and I, we actually spoke about the tournament this year and a lot of sure. surprise teams and under-the-radar teams, you know, a lot of those teams that de- develop four-year players. Mm-hmm. Now, Harvard, the school that you went to, mm-hmm. and I actually looked this up last night, although they did lose to Pennsylvania in the Ivy League mm-hmm. championship game, they were 12-2 and two in the conference, yeah. and their top five scorers were all sophomores this year. That's what it was. You hit the nail on the head, and, and that is a sore subject for me. My brother Justin is a junior at Penn. So uh, he was actually, <laughs> what's, what's funny is they, they watched the game from Hong Kong. He's studying abroad with his buddies over there. Wow. And I was screaming at the television because I thought we had that game. And again, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not on the planning committee that decides that we're going to play the Ivy League tournament at the Palestra, but tell me if we don't play that over in Cambridge so we don't win that game. It's tough. they got a crazy crowd, and it's home court advantage, and uh, my friend Randy Marshall, who, who writes for Newsday, is going to yell at me, but you know that, that adds to something. You have the home court right. advantage there. Uh, this is a great team, and what people aren't talking about is the exceptional success they achieved this season. So we have Chris Lewis, all Ivy League player, sophomore. Right. we got Seth Towns, Ivy League player of the year. Bryce Aiken, who had a phenomenal freshman year, was injured, never got back to his full self. This guy, I think, can go pro as our point guard. And Tommy Amaker is building a program where there's turnover of such great players where I think we're going to be back and we're going to figure out a way to win this thing. Right. Get us to the tournament. That's the hardest part is get us, get us out of the Final Four. Yeah. Get us to the tournament. We'll do some damage. And Harvard has done that in the past for sure. Right. Uh, making the NCAA tournament four straight years, 2012 to 2015. Uh, this year's NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on Vill on Villanova mm-hmm. and the run that they had? 
sure. this season. I thought they were the most complete team in college basketball. And I'm so happy for Jay Wright. Obviously, I know your listeners know, but I tell people at, at nauseum, this guy started down the road at Hofstra. And mm-hmm. what a success story to have, you know, you know one, one of our own make it. Um, you know, I love watching ball with good guard play. Obviously, Jalen Brunson is, is phenomenal. And the way they played as a team, I thought was really tremendous. And, and I like watching players who, who really play for each other. And it was obvious on that team that even though you had a superstar like Jalen Brunson, he wasn't dropping 50 a night. That guy was getting his teammates involved. Dante Vincenzo coming off the bench and scoring 30. In the, in the Hear about that tweet? I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, I, yes, I did. And I, I, that, that, I think he was 11 years old. when he Right, Kyle? He yeah, was 11 like years old yeah. when he sent that tweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, it's remarkable. But you know what? The guy, the guy followed his dreams. But... They, they, they played as... It's that red hair. That's probably... That, my, my friend Jake Asman, who's a sports broadcaster, he'd agree with you for sure. It's, it's the red hair. Um, it's it's the, the college teams that develop and how Jay Wright is available is, is, is able to put players together, pieces right. to a puzzle. It, 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 was, it was masterful. And, of course, selfishly, I was hoping for a little better of a championship game, but it was almost like watching poetry in motion, watching Brunson run the floor like, like the general he was. Now, Josh, in mm-hmm. terms of the NBA... Okay. Um... I got to talk to you and Kyle here. I'll start with Kyle first. Awful news. Passing away yes. of Greg Popovich's wife, Erin, last night. What are your thoughts on this tragedy, it, Kyle? Absolutely. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible event. Uh, listening to the uh, news this morning, hearing that she had actually been ill for a very long time and that she was actually getting better, according to uh, Danny Green's comments. But here's a take. Could this be Popovich's last season as an NBA coach? You know. Josh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that thought's lingered in my mind as well. You know, Duncan's gone, Ginobili and, and Parker, Parker right behind right. them. You know what's funny is that you, you bring that up, and something I, I spoke to my little brother about was watching some of these great coaches that we don't know how much longer they'll be here, the Sabins, the Belichicks, yeah. right, the Popoviches. We're in a, a golden era of coaching where I'll be taking my kids to the Hall of Fame and saying I watch these guys in the championships, so... I, I don't know the answer to it, but uh, it's 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 sad to think that that it's it's the ending of an era for so many legends. But I'm just making sure to live in the moment of watching how special these guys are. Yep. Now, Josh, talking about the Knicks, um, are are you, are you a Knicks fan? You know what's funny is that I I tell people all the time I'll I'll I stick with the team through thick and thin. Um, my patience is not endless, and I'm not sure how much longer. You know, you can you can you can you can suffer year after year. I tell people, I say, I say I'm a hurting Knicks fan. It's hard right. not to root for a team with the fan base that's so resilient that we are, right? Because we'll stick with this team. Um, but you know, with the news that Kristaps Porzingis may not be back for the entire season, you know, I you know with you know we were speaking before where you know you know of course we we we'd love to you know have a miracle and then pull a number one pick and draft a Bagley or draft an Aiton, but most likely with our luck we'll get a, you know an eleven or a twelve. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know where this team goes, but we need a head coach. And, and it's, it's funny. I was talking to Adam before. Uh, I love Mark Jackson in that role. And I speak about the class of Mark Jackson broadcasting the Warriors' first final win after he was just fired as the coach, where he put so many of those players in place. And when he said, and I quote, I have the best backcourt in history, call my bluff. And we all called his bluff. And then they went out and they won a championship with these and won another one. I mean, this, this, is, this, is, this is a guy who I think deserves another shot. He does, and he kind of put Golden State back on the map Yeah. after all those losing seasons. A mm-hmm. um, couple of games last night. Donovan Mitchell. Oh, fantastic. More point, his first two career playoff games has more points than Michael Jordan yeah. had in his first two. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
the controversy between him and Ben Simmons for Rookie of the Year looming? Sure. Do you think it depends on who does better in their playoff series? You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd make it a co-Rookie of the Year, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd call it a day. Because how can you decide qualitatively who's more important to their team? Than, than two guys who have lifted up entire cities out of nowhere, right? I mean, Philadelphia may win this thing, and and, and you know, it's I I I'd, I'd make it co-rookie of the year. Do I think they'll do that? I don't. That's that. If I if I had a vote, and if they bothered to ask me, that's what I'd make it. We have a Heat fan in the room, Kyle Russo here, a right. fan of the Miami Heat. <laughs> what do you? I mean, you've seen Ben Simmons play against your team now for two games. What are your thoughts on his impact um, and versatility with the Sixers? He has something that's very rare, and that's court vision. He is absolutely dominant, and he fakes his defenders out completely. And once he develops a jump shot, he will be one of the top-rated players in the league. And his game, his ability to drive the lane, his ability to pass, uh, his strength, too. At such a young age, people are comparing his strength to LeBron James' strength, the way he drives the lane and makes all these ridiculous shots. And back to the Rookie of the Year conversation. Ben Simmons is an excellent player, but my Rookie of the Year is Donovan Mitchell. Right. And just because of the fact that, like Donovan Mitchell has been praising himself, saying, well, you know, Ben Simmons sat under this team basically for a year. Sat underneath some rookie, uh, some pros, Simmons some veterans. technically is not a rookie. He's yeah. technically not. I mean, he's exactly. in his first full season, yeah. but, you know. And, you know, sitting under professionals in everything and learning the game more, the NBA level of it. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was put into this team. Before the season started, I thought Utah was going to be this team, one of these teams that were terrible. I mean, you lose your star for the past six, seven years of Gordon Hayward. You know, Rudy Gobert, what is he going to do? He's a defender. He's not really a scorer. And for Donovan Mitchell to be in the playoffs and win and put 30 points up against Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and Steve Adams is incredible. Now, Josh, just a couple minutes left before you have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you wanted to talk about on these NBA playoffs or anything right now? Sure. Well, first of all, I mean, playoff Rondo, um, oh. it's real. And, and I was a skeptic that somebody could completely transform just, just, just arbitrarily from one day to the next, but he has, right. and I think I mean watching the dominance of Anthony Davis last night, uh, and I and I love Dame Dame Lillard. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. C.J. McCollum, watching Rondo and 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 Davis shut them out at home. Um, they're a scary team, and without you know without Boogie Cousins, they're 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 a scary team for sure. To me, what I, what I I most surprised about, I was a skeptic of the Rockets because I'm a, I'm a consistent skeptic of Mike D'Antoni's system, right, but. Chris Paul on the floor with James Harden is, seems to be an unbeatable combination. So what I'm excited about is that Western Conference final, I think, is the real event. And I'm sorry to the Toronto fans and I'm sorry yeah. to the Heat fans, but I think that is the real event that yeah. we're going to see our, yeah, right. our, our, our victor crowned. And can they continue the success? And will, is James Harden human? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, that's a fair enough yeah. question from a basketball perspective. And what's scary about Houston, they're doing this without... Bob Mute, who uh, dislocated his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the second-to-last game in the regular season against the Lakers. And then Ryan Anderson, who's missed the first couple games. And right. he's a sharpshooter in the lineup. It's, and the emergence of Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about how young and this team is. And add veterans like P.J. Tucker and Trevor Ariza. Yeah. It's an incredible team that... I don't know if anybody can stop it with Curry, but I don't even know if Golden State can stop it. That's that. that that's that's what we'll say. And, and again, I asked if James Harden was human. You know, is is Kevin Durant human? Yeah. You know, the answer's been no for for a long time. So watching a Harden Durant reunion in the Western Conference Finals, I'm getting the popcorn ready. Yep. Josh, any final thoughts? 
Final thoughts. Um, I thank you so much for what you're doing and for showing young people that you're you're not too young to have a voice in any industry. And uh, I'm I'm excited to continue to watch your show, and uh, I'll be watching the NBA Finals with a close eye. Well, Josh, thank you very much. We hope to have you back on the show again someday. Every Thursday night, 5 to 7, always welcome to call in. Uh, You have our call number on those business cards Mm -hmm. I just gave you. Uh, Pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. All right, folks, before we step aside for a quick break, that was the legislator of Nassau County and Harvard graduate Joshua Lafazan. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPsports.org.